the word of the Lord on today. And uh, as I said, we're going to begin a study of the Ten Commandments. And uh, we're going to be looking at the first commandment today. And this, our subject is who's on first? Can you say that with me? Who's on first? Now I'm going to date myself a little bit. But when I think about who's on first, it makes me think back to uh, the routine that was done by Albert and Costello. So my young people, y'all might not know who Albert and Costello was. Amen. But uh, uh, they did a routine that was... Uh, uh, talking about uh, baseball. Yeah. And interestingly enough, they were talking about the St. Louis baseball team. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've got an excerpt from it. It says here, uh, this is Abbott uh, talking to Costello, and he says, strange as it may seem, they give ball players nowadays very peculiar names. Costello replies, funny names? Abbott says, nicknames. Nicknames. Now on the St. Louis team, we have who's on first, what's on second, and I don't know is on third. <laughs> Costello replies back, that's what I want to find out. I want you to tell me the names of the fellows that are on the St. Louis team. Abbott goes back, I'm telling you, who's on first? What's on second? I don't know. Is on third. Costello asked him back, do you know the fellow's names? Abbott says, yes. Costello said, well, then who's playing first? Abbott says, yes. Costello said, you mean the fellow's name on first base? Abbott replies, who? Costello said, the guy on first base. Abbott says, who's on first? Costello says, well, what are you asking me for? Abbott says, I'm not asking you. I'm telling you who's on first. Costello's asking, I'm asking you who's on first. Abbott replies, it's the man's name. And I could go on and on. Hey, man, I come to find out when I looked at it, that uh, who was on first, as I said, uh, what's on second? I don't know is on third. And uh, the left fielder's name was Y. And uh, the pitcher's name was Tomorrow. Hey, it's, a, it's an extensive uh, routine when they go into it. Amen. But uh, from that, uh, we're going to draw our subject. And the subject today is who's on first. Amen. Who's on first? I read a quote from Ted Turner. 
Uh, he's the one that is responsible for the uh, cable news network in Atlanta. Uh, and in 1989, uh, Ted Turner declared that the Ten Commandments were obsolete. He said, we're living with outdated rules. The rules we're living under are the Ten Commandments. And I bet nobody even pays much attention to them because they're old. You know, people have a tendency to think that just because something is old, that it's not good. But I tell you, some of the old stuff is better than some of this newfangled stuff that they're coming up with. Amen. Going on to quote Ted Turner said, when Moses went up into the mountain, there were no nuclear weapons. There was no poverty. Today, the Ten Commandments wouldn't go over because nobody around likes to be commanded. Commandments are out. Now, that's Ted Turner's uh, that was his uh, observation back in 1989. Uh, but I'm here to say that Turner was wrong when he declared that the Ten Commandments was outdated. And what we're going to attempt to do in the messages that we're going to be uh, going, uh, uh, going over, uh, we're going to show you that the Word of God is just as relevant today as it was in Moses' day. And uh, one thing he was right about, amen, he was right about when he said that nobody likes to be commanded. In fact, uh, modern society mocks the truth and exalts a lie. Amen. You know, we live in a time when right is classified as wrong and wrong is classified as right. Yeah. I was up last night and, and, and sometime when I'm, I'm up and I'm studying. I have things. The television will be playing for noise uh, value, and uh, you know, uh, I had it on. I was studying, and uh, I had it on a particular channel where they uh, had one of the uh, dating shows uh, on, kind of late in the evening. I think it was Love Connection or something like that. And uh, I had the television playing and, and uh, you know, volume down, wasn't really listening to it. Uh, and I saw the first uh, uh, couple that they got together. And there was a young woman, a uh, young black woman had uh, uh, braids in her hair and whatever. And uh, she picked one of three uh, eligible bachelors and, and they went off on their paid date. So then they came up and they were having the next one. They have two on the show. And uh, the next one was a young man. And uh, it showed him come out and he was real prim and, uh, you know, skinny. It wasn't skinny jeans, skinny pants or whatever. But it was something that, and even, I'm studying, I'm not watching the show. I just happened to glance up. And when I glanced up, I, I looked at him and I just something kind of, caught my attention and I thought to myself, he's looking kind of cute there. I mean, I mean cute to me. But you, you know how somebody, when they carry themselves, where they think that they're, that, that, that's the best way I can describe it. 
And, 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 and I kind of looked and, 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 and thought that, and I glanced back at what I was studying, and I said, well, I don't want to prejudge anybody. Amen. I don't want to prejudge anybody. And, and, and uh, you know, I could be wrong. You know, there's some men, there's some men that they're into their uh, uh, dress, and they just like to dress sharp, and, you know, they just got certain mannerisms and movements, and so uh, maybe I'm wrong. And so I, I look back down, and then when they show the eligible uh, dates for him, they had three men. And uh, after that, I said, all right, I'm done. Amen. I switched the channel to uh, some gospel music to play. Amen. Let that be the background while I'm studying. And, I, and, and, and again, maybe I'm dating myself, but, and, and, and I know that uh, that's nothing new. Y'all hear what I said? That's nothing new. But what is new is the level of acceptance. And, and, and people trying to act like and legislate and say that is normal. And I'm not talking hate. I'm not talking hate. Amen. God loves the sinner. Amen. And, 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 and we all have sin and come short of the glory of God. Amen. But 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 even th- there, there was a time when, when, when stuff like that went on, but they didn't put it on Front Street. Amen. They didn't broadcast it on network television and try to make us amen. And, and 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 I've even heard that in some of the schools that some of the curriculums and some of the stuff that they're trying to bring in is trying to indoctrinate our young people and make them think that that that, that that's normal. Think about Isaiah 5 and 20. In Isaiah 5 and 20, say, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. We're living, we're living in uh, some times, some perilous times, amen, where I believe uh, that we need to take another look at what hath God said. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. What have God said? And I talked about the the Abbott and Costello skit, who's on first. Well, uh, when I think about the subject, who's on first, it doesn't matter too much who is in what position in our lives until we settle the matter of who's on first. If we're going to uh, make progress, if we're going to succeed in life, we each have to answer the question, who's on first? Amen. 
Hallelujah. This issue must be settled. Because if anyone or anything occupies first place in our lives ahead of God, then our lives are going to be out of control. Out of balance. And this is the truth of the first commandment. God wants to tell us who must be on first if our lives are to be everything that they can be for his glory. Hallelujah. Uh, Who's on first? Let's look at the scripture. And we read in our uh, responsive reading, we read the 20th chapter of the book of Exodus. And we read verses 1 through 17. We're just going to look at today verses 1 through 3. Exodus 20, verse 1 through 3. And it says that, And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. I am the Lord your God. I look at that uh, first verse there. It says, and God spoke all these things. If you look at, uh, look back on the scripture, you'll find that when God brought them out uh, of Egypt, out of bondage into the wilderness, and they came to the mountain, and God came down and spoke to them. That's why it starts out, and God spoke all these words saying. It makes me think back to what Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And, and, and as a, amen, this was God speaking to Israel and giving them uh, principles in the Old Testament uh, that I believe are universal uh, for uh, a healthy society, amen, for, a, 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 uh, for us to be what God intended for us to be. And uh, I believe that those same principles that were the bedrock of a Judeo-Christian society, amen, those same principles are needed today. So we're going to look at who's on first. And uh, the first thing that we want to consider is God's requirement. Amen. It is God's requirement uh, that, uh, and it's very simple. Amen. He demands to be in first place in every area of our life. You see, God knows that all men must have some sort of God. Uh, I believe it was uh, one uh, uh, songwriter, uh, I was trying to think of his name, Bob Dylan, I believe it was, wrote a song uh, back uh, some years ago, but he said, you're going to serve somebody. Amen. You're going to serve somebody. Maybe God, maybe man, but you're going to serve somebody. And uh, God knows that if we don't serve the true and living God, 
we're going to end up serving idols. You see, man is by nature a religious creature. He'll find someone or something to give his worship to. And often the things that people occupy or that occupy the first place in their lives uh, notice that uh, we elevate to the status of God. Those are the things that we elevate to the status of God in our lives. Yeah. We're going to serve somebody. And uh, I was thinking about uh, how that if people don't serve God, the true and living God, many times they'll serve the God of pleasure. They'll live their lives, amen, in the pursuit of pleasure. Yes. Philippians 3.18 and 19 talks about that. Amen. That pleasure is like a drug. And it often requires the more, or requires more to get the same effect. Yes. Uh, so there are people that, they, they spend their lives and uh, their life is spent on the God of pleasure. And then there are others that uh, they dedicate their lives to the God of possessions. Jesus said a man's life consisted not of the abundance of things that he possesses. But, amen, that dominates some people's lives. And uh, rather than trusting in God, they trust in what they can get, what they can accumulate. There are others that serve the God of personal wealth uh -huh. where they feel like the world revolves around them uh -huh. and that they must always come out on top. And that person's an idolater. They have made themselves into a God. Yes. Yes. Personal worth. Uh, it's all about them. Then uh, there are others who serve the God of plans and projects. They go from one thing to another. Anything that occupies the mind and life ahead of God is an idol. There's some folk that they're busy being busy. And, 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 and that's all they do is stay busy. Uh, the list could be practically endless. Man can make a God out of anything. Yet we must allow ourselves no God but the Almighty God. And if I would conduct a poll this morning, if I would conduct a poll, and if I were to ask each of us here, to think about and name the person or the thing that dominates your life. What would your answer be? What is the person or thing that dominates your life, that matters most in your life? Whatever or whoever that is, that thing or person is your God. 
And it's sobering to think about it, isn't it? See, God's requirement, as I said, very simple. For you shall worship no other God. For the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Hallelujah. He's a jealous God. Let's let's go to uh, the second portion. Uh, God's reason. What's the reason that God says you can have no other God beside me? Well, the reason that God can make that demand on Israel, and that principle comes down to us today, uh, is that he had paid the price for them. He had purchased them unto himself. And they were his. He chose them. And loved them. He delivered them. And blessed them. And therefore. They they, they owed it. Um, If we think about it in natural. uh, A natural example. Something that belongs to you. You don't have to make an excuse. And ask anybody's permission to go and get what belongs to you. You you all see what I'm talking about? I'm talking about something that you paid the price for. You made the sacrifice. And and it it belonged to you. And somebody, what you doing? What do you mean what I'm doing? I'm getting my stuff. You can't do that. What do, what do you mean I can't do that? I'm getting my stuff. It belonged to me. That's what God, that's how God looked upon the nation of Israel. They were in, they were in a covenant relationship with him. And there were certain things that he had promised that if they served them, That he would do for them. And. He had every right. To demand. Exclusive worship. From his children. And I think that. You know. uh, uh, All of us would. If we think about it. We'd agree. Amen. When we look back on what God had done for Israel. Uh. How in their obscurity he had reached out and 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 made of them a nation, and 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 how he brought them out, as the Bible said, on eagles' wings, and he laid down that first commandment: "Thou shalt have no other god." He was first. Amen. And he wanted to be first in their lives. Now, when I think about uh, what God did for Israel, similarly, when we think about what he's done for us, how much more do we, the church of Jesus Christ, how much do we owe him? 
when we think about the price that Christ paid, amen, for us. Uh, he endured poverty and hardship, Matthew 8 and 20. He was rejected by the very people that he came to save, John 1 and 11. He was scorched, he was beaten, he was spit upon, he was mocked, he was humiliated, he was crucified. His beard was plucked out. He died. He loved us. He called us. He received us. He saved us. He cleansed us and forgave us of every sin and adopted us. And it is he that keeps us. And when I think about all that Jesus has done, he has every right to demand exclusive worship yes. from his children. Oh, yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. 1 Corinthians 6.19 It says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who's in you, whom God, uh, whom you have from God, you are not your own. For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. And in your spirit. Which are God's. So. Uh, that commandment. That God gave them. Uh, gave Israel. That was the first of the ten commandments. Uh, was based on a principle. And. 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 God uh, had a right to uh, require it and as, 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 as part of the body of Christ, as, as the church, that's a principle that still uh, is in effect and should be in effect in our lives. Yeah. Now, uh, let's talk about our response. You see, God can require it, but the but 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 the meat of the matter is how do we respond? What is our response? And when I think about our response, there are only two possible ways in which we can respond. The first one is we can continue to place everything in the world before God. And this is rebellion. And people who live in rebellion are going to end up in hell. It might sound blunt. Amen. It might not sound politically correct. But we need to understand the truth. If we continue to put everything in front of God and continue to live in rebellion, I don't care what tag or uh, what church, there are a lot of people that are saying that they're Christians, but they're not. 
Amen. They're not. They're professing something that they don't possess. And this kind of rebellion is going to, they're going to end up in hell. For the lost. Now, there are also a lot of believers. You know, not, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about, amen, first, the unsaved. Uh, God isn't on their agenda, let alone, for many of them, he's not even on their agenda, let alone first. But the sad part is that many of us who say that we are believers live lives where God's not first. And one thing that I find out about God, God knows how to count. He knows the difference between first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. Uh, he knows the difference. And for the believer who gets so caught up in the world until uh, we let the cares of this life get in the way, number one, it'll make us unfruitful. And the other thing is that for that man, he's going to live a life of chastisement, that man, woman, boy, girl. And for the saint, it's going to cost them their reward. This, this is something that, uh, and, and, and I'm almost done. I don't, I don't want to belabor the time. But this is something that uh, it concerns me. I, I can understand that an unsaved person has a different agenda. I can understand that someone that has not been born again, they're going to operate by different rules. But what is hard to understand is for those of us who say we love him and we have been saved by him. And then we let something or someone else occupy first base in our lives. That's hard to understand. Yes. Turn your attention to 1 Corinthians 3, 13. It talks about, notice what it says there, 1 Corinthians 3, 13. Each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare. You, have, you ever deal with somebody that's a believer, that say they say, and it's hard for you to figure them out? Uh, they don't have a clear testimony, uh, you know. Or uh, uh, maybe they, maybe they do. Maybe they, they, they got a, they got a strong testimony, but their life is not backing it up. It's cloudy. But notice, Paul, as he's writing to the church at Corinth, he said, "Each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare." In other words, there's, there's a day coming. When we're going to have to give an account. Folk are living like they ain't got an answer to anybody. Folk are living like there's not going to be a judgment. Amen. Saints are living. Some saints are living like, amen, there's no uh, uh, heaven to, to gain uh, and, and a reward uh, to get. But he said, the day will declare. 
Because it will be revealed by fire. And fire and the fire will test each one's work. Of what sort is it? Now, we don't do good works to be saved. But when you are saved, God saved us to do good works. Does that make sense? I don't do good works to get saved, but once I'm saved, he saved me to do good works. And the life we live and the way we treat people and the things we do or don't do and the choices we make, amen, they're all going to be subject to the test. And, and, and the apostle has in mind uh, how uh, when you're purifying metal, uh, you put it in the fire. And the fire is what reveals what impurities are there. Yes. So it's going to be, uh, each one's work is going to be tested, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. And if anyone's work, which he has built on, endures, he will receive a reward. Sometimes there's a lot of stuff we do, and we think that it, 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 it's going to count. And, and in the religious world, in the church world, there's stuff that people brag on and uh, proud of. And they think that, you know what, some of the stuff that we brag on, amen, uh, God can't stand. You ever thought about that? Some stuff we're proud of. We think, oh, this makes me look good. Uh, oh, yeah, you know. The people, the people, uh, they're singing my accolades. Well, you don't want to live your life just trying to please people. Amen. We need to live in such a way that we please God. Yes, Lord. And, and, and so, one songwriter said, may the work that I've done speak for me. May the service that I give Speak for me. Our works do follow. You ever read over there in Revelation where it said, Precious in the sight of God. Amen. Precious are the dead in the sight of God. You ever read that? And it said, And their works do follow them. And there's going to come a day when our work is going to be tested. And if it endures, we'll receive a reward. But it says, verse 15, if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved. Yet, so is through fire. I don't know about you, but I don't like being broke. That bothers me. And uh, I, I, I just hate being broke. And what's worse at being broke, somebody said, what's worse? Than, what's, what's worse? You know, if, if you hate being broke, what's worse? What's worse is 
uh, it's one thing to be broke at home. And you can kind of, you know, dip the tea bag or use the tea bag a couple times. You can uh, look in the cabinet and get some crackers and some peanut butter and, 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 and you know, some stuff that you didn't eat. You can reach up and get that if you're at home. But to me, the, what's worse than being broke is being on a trip or going somewhere in public and being broke. If I'm broke, I'd rather stay home. Not a good feeling. Not a good feeling. And, 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 you know, you can have a good friend that'll tell you, and you say, we're going to go do less, less, and us. You want to come? And you say, no, uh, I, I can't make it this time. And, so, and, and, and a good friend will know you. say, well, if, if money's the problem, don't worry about that. I'll take care of it. Of it, come on, you can still go. I got you. I got you. Now, some people like that. Some people, that's all they're listening for to somebody say, I got you. And there's some folk, they, 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 they'll go sit there and order the most expensive thing on the menu. And, and, and some, some folk like it. They like that. I thank God. For people having my back. But I still won't be comfortable if I don't have something in my pocket. Anybody understand what I'm saying? Even though somebody can tell me they got me, them got me, and it would be better for me to have me. Anybody understand? And if, if, if you feel that uncomfortable, I feel that uncomfortable, if you understand what I'm talking about, can you then imagine getting to glory? Jesus. Having been through what you've been through. And standing at the judgment seat. And finding out that you don't have a reward. You made it by the skin of your teeth. You're not lost, but you're saved. But you're broke. No reward. And you're going to have to look at one of the other saints and, and hope that they got you. That, that, that's, not what, that, that, that's not what I'm looking forward to. Come too far. Pray too hard. Amen. Uh, I, 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 I'm, and, and, and so I'm not working uh, to be saved, but I know that because I am saved, amen, that, that faith without works is dead. Yes. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. So talking about the two responses. Talking about the, the two responses. 
one response is to ignore. But the second response is we can comply with God's word and do what he asked us to do by making him first. Amen. By making him first. Give me this mic here. 